Let's pray together. Dear Father, thank you for bringing us here today in worship and in praise. Open our hearts and open our minds that we might hear and understand your word for us. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. When you heard today's gospel lesson, did it bring to mind any memories? Memories of leaving your home in the care of your children with no supervision? And then returning home and closing your eyes and holding your breath and praying that the children would still be in one piece and the house would still be standing? Or if you haven't had that particular experience, did it perhaps remind you of being that teenager? Or being a, a new employee, maybe, who was entrusted with new responsibilities and given the opportunity to rise to the occasion or not? In our gospel lesson today, Jesus tells a parable about a wealthy man who's getting ready to go on a trip. So he calls his servants together and gives each of them a portion of his wealth to manage while he's gone. Our lesson says he gave one servant five talents, one two talents, and a third one one talent, each according to his abilities. Then he left on a long journey. I love that the unit of currency here is a talent. That's going to serve me well in a few minutes. Put that aside. For now, let's talk about the context of the day. To me, this lesson, sort I sort of get a mental picture of this wealthy man just handing off a coin, a shiny coin or two coins or five coins, and saying, here you go, keep that safe while I'm gone. But that's not what a talent is at all. A talent is a unit of weight. And it's actually worth about 16 years pay for a laborer. Now let me put that in perspective. Let's say a laborer makes $40,000 a year. And then with the benefits that he gets, those would be worth another 10,000. So we'll, to make it simple, we'll make it an even $50,000 a year. 16 years worth of that is $800,000 in today's dollars. And that's for one talent. Two talents then would be 1.6 million. Five talents would be $4 million. So these were not little token offerings that he gave these servants. He expected these servants to manage his wealth while he was away. The first servant took the money and invested it, made some trades and doubled his money. The lesson doesn't exactly say what the second servant did, but he somehow managed to double the money too. The third servant did nothing with his talent except to dig a hole and bury it in the yard. When the man finally returns from his long journey, he meets with the three servants to settle up with them. The first one says, look, you gave me five talents and here are five more. I have doubled your money. And the master is happy. The master says, well done, good and faithful servant. 
You've done well managing a little, so now I'll give you a lot. Come celebrate with me. The second man, the exact same scenario. Two talents, I've doubled your money. Please, come celebrate with me. You are good, you are faithful. But the third man, third man, that's different. The third man comes up with his single talent and he says, I was afraid. I knew you were a hard man. And so what I did was I decided to bury the talent in the yard to keep it safe and here's your talent back. The wealthy man is stunned and says, if that's what you believed about me, that I'm a hard man and that I didn't, that I, that I reaped where I did not sow and harvested where I did not plant, the least you could have done, the very least, is taken that one talent and taken it to the banker. So at least I would get my money back with simple interest. But you didn't even do that. The man called the servant lazy and wicked, and he ordered the talent be taken away from him and given to the other servant who already had 10 talents. And the third servant was thrown out into the darkness. What can we learn from this lesson? Well, even with the relatively small amount of one talent, which we've already established was worth a whole bunch of money, in today's value, that would be a huge responsibility. But it's important for us to consider that the third servant's error was not in wasting his master's money. Now, his error was in wasting an opportunity and failing to even try to work on behalf of his master. His error was to stay on the sidelines, put the money where it was safe, and take no action at all. What would you do if you were that third servant and were suddenly given the responsibility to manage $800,000? Well, you might say, well, God's never going to dump $800,000 on me, so that's not really something I need to worry about. <laughs> all right, fair enough. It could happen. It could happen. But you know what? Even in our, in our circumstances today, you probably have $100 or maybe $1,000. Or maybe if you add your, your house, your property, and your belongings into that mix, you might have $100,000 or several hundred thousand dollars or even more. These are things that were given to you by God for you to manage responsibly. You are his steward. How are you using these things that he has given to you, whether you see them as a little or a lot? How are you investing in the kingdom of God? How are you using your time and your gifts to invest and multiply these things? I said earlier how I liked that the currency of the day was called a talent. Of course, that word has a different meaning for us today. Today, a talent we would use to describe our skills and our abilities 
and the spiritual gifts we've been given. So what are your talents? What are your gifts and abilities? Do you know? Have you thought about it? If you don't know what they are, we should talk about helping you figure them out and helping you find a way that you might use them for the glory of God. We are called to maximize the use of our talents, not for our own purposes, but to honor God. We know we work in a fallen world, but we should feel satisfaction and joy from doing our best with what God has given us, working joyfully in order to honor him. It's worth noting that we're not all created equal with regard to the talents we've been given. In the beginning of the parable, Jesus tells us the master handed out the talents according to the ability of each servant. And later on, we see that the servants are rewarded for their efforts. That's why the man who doubled the two talents was acknowledged in the same way as the man who doubled the five talents. Just as the master expected his servants to do more than passively preserve what's been entrusted to them, God expects each of us to generate a return by using our talents toward productive ends. The servants were given enough to produce more. It's the same with the gifts God has given us. We are not all given the same opportunities and responsibilities on this planet. It may be the same with our spiritual gifts. Some have four or five gifts, others just one or two. But wherever we are in this life and whatever we are given, we have no excuse to be unprofitable. No matter what opportunities we have, we are called to be responsible with them. The other thing that's very difficult to know is who is a five-talent servant and who is a one-talent servant. We can probably all agree that someone like Billy Graham is a five-talent servant. After that, I don't know. I wouldn't want to hazard too many guesses. But I'd like to tell you a short story about someone who was only a one-talent servant. He was a Christian man by the name of Edward Kimball. Mr. Kimball was a shoe salesman. He didn't have any education to speak of. He wasn't famous. He wasn't rich. But he was a faithful Christian. He had a friendship with a young man and he eventually led that young man to Christ. Some of you may know this name, but many of you may not. The young man was named D.L. Moody. D.L. Moody became a great evangelist, and his work is still having effects today through the Moody Bible Institute, Moody Broadcasting, Moody Publishing, Moody Memorial Church, and a host of other Moody things. So Mr. Kimball's one talent was, was multiplied through Mr. Moody, right? Well, yes. But that's not the end of the story. 
During D.L. Moody's life, his, his ministry took him to England. He was not well received there, but he eventually met up with a minister named the Reverend F.B. Meyer. And F.B. Meyer and D.L. Moody eventually joined up their ministry. And then Mr. Moody invited Reverend Meyer to return to the States with him. And while in the States, Meyer's Bible teaching ministry reached a young, pre a young preacher named J. Wilbur Chapman. And Chapman had a colleague named Billy Sunday who continued to carry on Kimball's chain of multiplication. Billy Sunday preached across North America and the results he achieved were spectacular. His work in Charlotte, North Carolina produced some converts who organized a prayer group that met for years, praying that God would continue to work mightily in Charlotte. This group of men was eventually led by the Holy Spirit to plan a citywide crusade throughout Charlotte. They invited a man named Mordecai Ham, who was known as the cow cowboy evangelist, to speak at their crusade. During one of these meetings, some teenagers were among those who accepted Christ as their savior. Among those teenagers, there was a young man named Billy Graham. It all began with one shoe salesman. Maybe we would consider him a one talent servant, but in reality, God had given him the five talent responsibility of teaching Sunday school to some unruly boys, which set off a chain reaction that started with D.L. Moody and led to Billy Graham. So you see, none of us can really know how many talents they've been given or how far their gifts will reach. We see the little picture. God sees the big picture. We are called to work using our talents, our time, our treasure, our gifts to glorify God, to serve the common good, and to further God's kingdom. I don't know what talents God has given to each one of you, and I don't know what responsibilities he has assigned to each one of you. But I do know this, whatever they are, they are not insignificant. Even if it's only one talent, that one talent can be multiplied into millions. Let us pray. Dear Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for letting us hear about your will that we be faithful stewards of your gifts. Lord, as we meditate on that word and as we leave here today, let that speak to our hearts that we might joyfully serve you and use all of our talents productively for your glory. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.